Hey girl, you feel that? That's boyfriend material. This is episode 13, Drive, from 2011. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Two. This episode is brought to you by Nylon. Oh, you mean Nylon? Yeah, that's boyfriend material. Oh. So why'd you pick nylon? Why is nylon the, uh, the headline guess. fabric? Is it the uh, fabric that makes the scorpion jacket? Yes. Cool. Yeah, Super I thought cool. it was only appropriate. Like, So they use like it, it, like shiny you know, nylon to make like these letter jackets. And um, it was also made by DuPont. And it was the first successful synthetic thermoplastic polymer. A couple companies think tire companies also make things that are radically not tires. Like, I think it's a weird, cool... Well, they're chemical companies. Yeah. They're not yeah. tire companies. Yeah, I guess. And like Stop being so industry. smart and sciencey. <laughs> Sorry. So this is the first time in, I think, six months that we've talked about an older Gosling movie. We had our January yeah. episode of First we Man, did. First Gos. First but Gos. here... We have Drive. This is a movie that we, I think we've both been looking forward to for a while. Yeah. When I, mean, I didn't know this, we were, but we were talking right before the episode, and like I was like, oh, man. Like, I, I was talking to Rachel. I was like, Rachel, did you ever see this movie? She was like, once when it first came out. And I was like, yeah, same. Like, I only saw it once when it first came out. And I, like, I remember I liked it, and I remember you and I had talked about it, and then we talked about Only Goss Forgives. Mm-hmm. You know, because we had it for Film Club, I think. I think you were in Film Club then, right? I might have, but we also talked about it on here. No, but no, I'm talking like years ago, like oh. right after, like when it okay. first came out. So here's a little bit of background that sort of ties into Film Club. So I also saw it in theaters. I saw this in the Mall of America in Minneapolis the weekend it came out <laughs> because I was up there for a Vikings Lions game with my friend cool. and before he came up. Uh, I saw Moneyball in theaters, and then the next day my friend flew in and. We went back and we saw Drive. So I saw it there. I heard about on our film site that we run the film club on yes. that in 2014 or 2014, okay. BBC Radio 1 or BBC 1. Which I love. No, BBC Radio 1's dope. Yeah. Well, so they recut this movie with a new soundtrack. I saw it on your movie page mm-hmm. and I was going to watch that one, but I didn't. I, no. I was only going to get one watch in. So I wanted to watch the original to talk about it with you. But I'm curious and I was going to ask if you have seen it. So I stopped watching it. Oh, is it that bad? Well, so here's the thing. So the the movie, and we'll talk about this a lot. The I want to talk about the just, music a it lot. It just bleeds cool in every way, and I think a lot of that is the soundtrack, right? Like it's just yeah. super cool. Like the fact that this movie starts out with Tick of the Clock, and they have the whole chase, and then we go into you know Night Chain and all this different, or Night Call, and we do all this different stuff. Yeah. Like I was excited because it's a bunch of I think not entirely British artists because I think Churches is also on there and Churches I think is an American band. No, they're like Australian or something. Oh no, they're Scottish. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they're they're yes. not. So maybe those maybe it was all UK people. But anyway, I saw the Churches was like sort of like they were like the prominent like the most famous band that was on there and I love Churches. The opening chase and I'm like this music's not really working, and then the movie the actual movie the movie that we watched for today kicks into night call and like has that like super yeah. cool shot of LA yes. instead it's just kind of a churches indie rock kind of thing Lauren from churches is saying like I like the song maybe but like it doesn't work here and I think no it, it, I is think it, it's is a this cool one of these idea. things where like if you'd have heard the gray album first or the black album first you might have liked it well I heard the gray album before I heard the black or the that's white what album. I meant I know this uh, yeah that's Which what I was saying still bananas <laughs> i don't know like if i heard this first maybe probably it's so perfect like the when music you, is so perfect don't change that right like th- so so here's actually like if anybody strayed over here from too fast too forever we will give a little bit of a sneak preview because i think it i think it makes sense here Go ahead. so each lap on our podcast about the fast and furious movies too fast too forever we have a sort of a conversation question a discussion question to sort of kick things off so right now in the ride-along lap 
we're asking Mike Manzi, and we're also answering ourselves, what car scene do you want to be a part of? Who do you want to drive you around? Yes. Next lap, we're going to do a walk down memory chain oh. instead of down memory lane. Dude, you're getting we're going a little track. Big, big hint here. Whoa. I know. Well, we're just, it's, you know, if people follow this over here, they, they deserve to know Exactly. Shout out Jenny. I agree. I like, Jenny. I like leaving little little nuggets in, little in the other ones, yeah. right? So it's gonna, we're going to track the necklace, but the question we're going to ask is when you think of this movie, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Like, yes. What do you think of before you think of anything else? Mm-hmm. And to me, when I think of Drive, I think of the music. I think of Night Call. Like, Night before Call Gosling, is number one in the, in the Scorpion jacket. Like him yeah. in the Scorpion jacket and yeah. Night Call. That's the first two things I think of. And so I think to replace that in my brain with literally any oh. other song... Fair. doesn't work yeah makes sense so it's hard for me to say if i would have liked it if i hadn't seen the original version probably but i don't, I don't know i wonder what the movie like what your whole take on the movie as a whole would be without the original soundtrack like if you'd have seen that first if you'd have been like the movie was all right it was kind of cool or if you'd have been like oh i still love this or what you know what i mean like if there was no music in there at all or if it was the new soundtrack no i was saying if you like watched just the bbc radio one yeah like, if i it don't would have changed your whole outlook on the movie i think and i think it's still cool because i think the way it's shot and the way gosling acts yeah, and all the different stuff but i'm saying I think but, it's... The, but the music tr- carries this fucking movie so like yeah. anyway before we get too far into the discussion of this because i think we have a lot to say okay let's go to our mailbag we have an email address here on the show boyfriend material at cageclub.me Joe, we have six emails. Damn, that's a lot. Okay. Spoilers, we got five from Montez and one from Jenny. Jenny's is coming last because she's sent it most recently. Montez awesome. sent five in a day. Awesome. Okay, let's hear what they are. She's catching up, I'm guessing. Place Beyond the Pines and Catching Up. She sent these every Gosh, half an hour, so I don't know if she was listening to just the game to maybe, send this in. Maybe I don't she was know like the was guy. Maybe she was like the guy at um that reviewed Too Fast Too Forever and she was listening to him on like twenty times speed and we were just like firing just like you know the opposite of wells lamont yeah exactly just cranking them i'm back from the dead i'm making an extreme in all capital letters effort to get caught up on all the podcasts before april because that was my ultimatum maybe i told her that i don't know enjoying the new setup of having the mailbag at the beginning so she has heard the big she's heard the whole episode i don't know if she's i guess okay montez let us know what you're doing completely random side note since the quote come dumpster episode which i remember was a thing that happened i don't remember what we were talking about if you remember she was listening to that and was cracking it up or cracking up as someone walked by her office yeah. like you shouting about cum dumpsters or whatever yeah um, oh i think I it was think only we were Gosh talking about whether whether a cum dumpster is like a bad thing to say about someone i don't know well, no if it was the worst thing to say about someone i think yes okay because uh, yeah. that was only Goss forgives so that's a very fitting yeah. thing to be reminded of on this episode she says i've learned to wear headphones can't have my employees thinking i'm sitting in here doing no work if I only listen to these episodes on my way to and from work, like I used to, I would only get through an episode every two weeks, which is impossible. You must have a short drive to work. I guess. Also, we don't do these episodes that much. Like, you used to listen to Gaz and Channing every two months, or every two weeks, or whatever. Yeah, you'd be fine. And then find time. You, you, you have admitted to us that you hate Too Fast, Too Forever, that you hate those movies. So Skip pick a lane. Pick a lane, Montez. Need to come up with more time to listen to these. Maybe I'll just listen to this instead of my husband when he's talking to me. How long do you think that would last in parentheses? Ha! Yeah, I think Rachel does that to me now. She listens to you, your, our, our podcast instead of listening to you? No, she doesn't like any other possible things. Literally anybody to. else. 
yeah. anybody else, any other thing possible. She says, I have three episodes of Boyfriend Material, then in all bold and capital letters, 16 episodes of Too Fast, Too Forever. <laughs> In parentheses, I'll literally never get caught up. Two episodes of Zack Attack. My God, you guys put out so many episodes. This makes me so excited that I can't contain it. Just means I need to work harder to keep on track, Montez. Thank you, Jess Montez. We put out a lot, but also 16 episodes of Too Fast, Too Forever at its best means that you haven't listened in eight months. I mean, but that's fine. Like, if you don't I, like I, it, you I mean, don't it's like fine, it, I get but, it. you know. Yeah. Well, she's on that horse. Let's see what, let's see what she says. Next email. Okay. Fire titles placed beyond the pines. Yes, I've already seen this movie. I've seen almost all of Gosling's movies, I think, save maybe a handful. Thanks for the wake-up call. She listed Night everything, call. and she said, So many fire-ass titles, or as she writes it, fats. Winner, because I couldn't stop laughing, hide and go fuck yourself, which was a Joe 2 one. <laughs> but also, I agree with Joey, Sins of the Father just feels so eloquent for this game, so it's a tie, Montez. Hide and go fuck yourself. Yeah. I like that. That's a good one. Next up, Fire Settles, The Ides of March. I've seen this movie, and honestly, it was kind of forgettable. Winner, The Faces We Wear, which again was you. I think she just likes you more than she likes me, cause, or Probably. she likes your ideas, but you win every game. so Good. I hope so. I hope I continue to win every game. She says, but for some reason I love Two Rings at 2.30, which is also you, because <laughs> it makes this sound so much more suspenseful than it actually is. You guys are really are getting really good at this game, by the way, it's been a great progression, Montez. I think we did get better at it. Like, we, like, like, I always forget about it, and then, like, I get into it, and, like, once we get on a roll, I feel like we crank out some good ones, so. And also, she's the one to let us know if we're doing well or not, because I think it was kind of, I don't know if we had it the game first. No, she, it was her idea. She definitely sent in the Zeph. Well, because we, we did it for, like, something. Like, we, like, mentioned a couple of them for something, and then she was like, you should definitely do this, or it was it was, it was was hand-in-hand. I give Jess half credit for yeah, that. Yeah, because it but. started around, she definitely named it. I know she named it. Yeah. It started around High School Musical because we were trying to come up with the most High School Musical title for movies possible. I think she coined it and she sent in that gif of Zeph on the beach with the hands like he's doing the bet on it dance. Yeah, yeah And exactly. she said it was like in flames or something or whatever, so she was fire ass titles. It came from her. Yes. Next email, fire ass titles, Crazy Stupid Love. Okay, Crazy Stupid Goss. Uh, goss Stupid Love, Crazy Goss Love. I love this movie. I need to watch it again. I may or may not have seen this in the theater, actually. Winner, Relationships. I don't know who said that because she didn't mark you. it down. Was that me? I think it was you, yeah. This was also one that Eisen was on, remember, so it could have been Eisen, yes. too. Oh, could have. Because it's the most basic name to describe this movie. Also, Joe 2, you nailed that all Lifetime movies have fire-ass title names, Montez. They do. They obviously do. Huge Lifetime movie fan. Last email from Montez, fire-ass title's first man. I recently watched this movie and thought it was really intense. Didn't love it, but thought it was well done. Winner, we need to talk about Karen, which I think was yeah, was me. She said, because this was clever and I loved it. So... You're welcome. Also, Joe 2 Interstellar is an epic movie, and you should go watch it. Blows my mind every time. That and Arrival love movies about space. I'm all caught up. On to the next one, Montez. Oh, awesome. Cool. Glad Jess Montez has caught up. That's very cool. New one coming out now. So, Jenny McMullen, last email of the day. We have an email from Jenny. It says, Serial Pick. She says, Hi, guys. Just a random serial pick from a discount grocery chain. I'm glad that when Jenny's shopping and she passes cereal, she thinks of us. Yeah. Right? Isn't that like the sweetest thing? Like I love it. Like you can like and also like I'm glad that somebody sees like cereal and thinks of me. Like that's like a really wholesome thing. Like somebody's pouring a bowl of cereal, they're like, Man, the Joe's probably put out a new I think there's only oh. two things that we do that for. It's cereal and remember Gosling's rum? Like we haven't gotten a Gosling's rum picture in a while, but we got a handful yes. from a couple different people of Gosling's rum. Jenny says 
Cap'n Crunch sprinkled donut crunch naturally and artificially flavored sweetened Damn. corn and oat cereal. So wholesome sounding. Later, much later, Jenny. I want to try I wonder if she tried the sprinkled donut crunch. I need to try more of these wacky cereals because they've been putting on some fucking flavors, dude. Like some serious ass ones. And oh, oh, check this out. Okay, on a cereal related story, you live in like the, the tri-state area, right? I sure I, do. I'm taking a wild guess though that you probably never listened to Hot 97. Not since the 90s or the early 2000s. Okay, so whenever Rachel and I are driving to and from New York, yep. if when we hit like the lower part of Connecticut, pretty much like 15 minutes from our house, we can pick up Hot 97. Sure. I always enjoy listening to it while I'm driving to New York. They play the same, you know, six songs on loop the whole drive. But if you don't live in the area, it's a hip-hop station, 97.1, Hot 97. And usually when we're driving there, it's like a Friday or Saturday night, Funkmaster Flex is DJing, okay? Everybody should know who Funkmaster Flex is. Funkmaster Flex. So we're listening the other day. First of all, there were 700 birthdays that day. I don't know what it was, but he was like, like, Cassandra, it's your birthday. And he just, like, was really stoked on birthdays. All of a sudden, he's, like, dropping a song, and he's like, Funkmaster Flex, and, like, dropping in Flex bombs, like, brum, 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 brum. And he was like, yo, that, that banana flavored <laughs> frosted flakes is a problem. And, like, <laughs> we were like, what? Like, we were in the car. We were just like, what the fuck? How did he get the cereal? But like, yeah, just like in the middle of his DJ set, he just like had to bring up how good the banana frosted flakes were. And was just like really hype on. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, you, dude, it was it was so great. Like, I I wish I had the clip of just that, but it's so perfect because he was just like, he was like, they're a problem, and then like dropped the song <laughs> back in. And I was like, I was like, imagine if you're in the club and the DJ starts like just yelling about cereal. Like, what would you do? I tried to do it a little bit, but I also realized very quickly that I wasn't very good at it, or I didn't have the patience what? for it, so I stopped. But I remember friends and you know hearing other people like on podcasts talk about trying to like create mixtapes by recording Same. the radio yep. Yep. but can you imagine you're like okay cool my favorite songs on this is like yo this is a problem serial just like god damn it like i i finally had it at the right point i got synced up at the right time there was no extra at the beginning i got it at the right exactly the right time and he's like shouting about serials like i guess this is part of the mixtape now <laughs> um but funk master flex is the worst for that he does my favorite thing ever, which is he plays the beginning of the song for, like, 30 or 40 times, like, the first, like, 15 seconds of it, and then it's like, whoa, 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 and he's like, let's bring that back, and you hear just, like, the intro beat, and as soon as they start to do, like, any part of the song, like, lyrically, he's like, and, like, takes it back <laughs> down, and so, like, so if a new song comes out, you can be listening to Funkmaster Flex for 25 minutes, and he won't have played the song yet. It's just, like, the first three beats of it. Like, he'll just keep playing that, and then, like, yelling. Oh, it's awesome. Shout out Funkmaster Flex. If you're listening, write us at boyfriendmaterial at cageclub.me. Funkmaster Flex Night. Funkmaster Flex Night. Funkmaster Flex Night. <laughs> have you tried any wacky cereals since we last recorded? I don't think I have. I've just been rocking my, uh, when I eat it, Honey, Nuts, Honey Nut Cheerios and my uh, Cap'n Crunch berries, like the, the Cap'n Crunch with the berries. Yeah. Um, not Oops All Berries, just sort of too standard, but anything you've tried in the last three months that you uh, want to review? Cereal-wise, um, you know what I switched to? I think I talked to you about this, but I switched to, like, Overnight Oats, and I was eating a lot of those. Okay. It's cereal, I guess, but not, like, a fun cereal. But, yeah, I was really digging that. And, like, I mix it up. I put, like, some maple in there, some cinnamon, some berries some coffee grounds like instant coffee sometimes like whatever you know what i mean like i just put whatever i want in there yeah so like i, I was eating that and i i would consider that cereal but not really 
like a fun cereal. So I saw a thing. I don't know if you sent it to me. I think you probably did. But there was something on Twitter where like it was like a dad when your kid won't eat anything but. Or did Jenny send this in? We might have. I don't think we talked about it already. But it's like when your kid Maybe. only eats name brand stuff, and there's like a box of Honey Nut Cheerios or whatever. And he's got a big old bag of like Costco brand cereal. He's just dumping into the box, like. <laughs> You know, when your kid won't eat anything but the name brand stuff, but you don't want to, you don't, you don't <laughs> you want to. You know the Donald Glover yeah. story too, right? Maybe the Childish Gambino Donald Glover stand-up story is that he tells the story that he went to the store with his mom and his brother, and one day his brother just snapped because he wasn't allowed to have any sugary cereals, and so he's like, "We're getting cocoa puffs," and he was like, <laughs> and my mom was like, "Okay," and we were like, "Holy shit, that's all it took," and he's like, then she gets home and she took. <laughs> a quarter cup of Cocoa Puffs and dumped it into a box of Kicks and gave us that. <laughs> and he was just like, it was the most disappointing day of our lives. We were like so stoked we were going to get Cocoa Puffs. And she gave us like three Cocoa Puffs and a bowl of Kicks. It Love was, it. Yeah, I thought so too. Oh, cereal stories. I'm in a I good can... mood. I don't know if you guys can tell. <laughs> like, I'm not drunk or anything, but just like, I'm feeling silly now. You know, so. you love you love Gosling. You know, we had we have a good. I movie. do. We we are once again continuing our trend of like only good Gosling movies. Yeah, this was a great movie. Not great Channing movies so far. So it's kind of like you know Mike and I over on the Tom Tom Club. We're going through Hanks and Cruz, both in order, old to new, and like everyone at Cruz's movies for the most part is pretty good, and like Hanks movies are not very good. And so I'm glad that we're cutting. We're gonna switch. We're gonna. I think okay. we're gonna. We're gonna intersect really. We're quick gonna. We're gonna pivot on Gosling maybe as soon as next episode. Episode. Yeah, uh, I think with so, uh, too. the the Robert Durst, all good things. It's not bad, but it's not Drive. Okay, we will get there when we get there. Also, as a reminder, later in the episode, we did not do guesses about this movie because even though we had only seen this movie once or twice, it was so ingrained in our brain that we yeah. just did not do guesses. So we don't have that to do later. But next segment: Goose on the Loose, Gaz on the Laws, Canadian Gaz on the Laws. Any news to report? That our main man, Ryan Gosling, I don't think that like, he has no projects in the works. No, after First Man, we kind of, like, fell off, right? Yeah, he and Eva Mendes, I think, have been spotted a little bit out and about with their kids, but I don't think there's anything of note to report on. You know, we're, we're about, sort of, kind of, almost halfway, I mean, we're going very slowly, but we're almost halfway done with Boyfriend Material. Which, I mean, it's going to take another oh. four, four years or something like that. I have a little cool one that is just fun. Mark Hoppus from uh, Blink-182. Yep. Yeah, he said that if they made a Fire Festival film, he would like Ryan Gosling to portray him in the film. Oh. Which would kind of be like, what's the movie where Goss plays the music guy? Not La La Land, but the, the other one where he was oh, like... Oh, Song of Song? Yes, with blonde Natalie Portman. If you tell a story about Fire Festival, Blink-182 didn't show up. Yeah. So they're going to cast Ryan Gosling to have him say like, we probably shouldn't go and then never be seen again? Yeah. That's what he said. Right. He said um, Matt would be someone gothy like Crispin Glover and Travis Barker would be Machine Gun Kelly. That's who he said he would want okay. to play them. Yeah. That, but that's pretty work. cool. Sure. They picks Goss, right? Yeah. Of like all it. the actors. Of, of all, all the, the gin joints. Yeah, exactly. I don't think we have anything else to talk about before we talk about the movie. Is there anything else you want to get off your chest that is not really quite drive-related before we talk about the movie? No, I I, I, I think we should get into the movie. I'm, I'm excited for the movie. All right. So Drive 2001, or 2011, Nicholas Winding yeah. Refn. This is the first time Winding Refn and Gosling 
work together. And of course, they would go on to do Only Goss for Gales, which you talked about already with yep. Chris Podcast, another movie that I love. Uh, and just to be clear, you love this movie. You really like this movie? I really do, and I forgot how much I did like it. And Rachel had forgotten how much she liked it, too, because she was talking, and she, and she was, like, watching it. Yeah. And we were, you know, kind of doing, like, some food stuffs. And then she kept watching it, and I was like, do you want to pause it? And, like, we could, like, actually watch it? She was like, yeah. And then she was like, oh, man, like, I have to go to the bathroom. And I was like, do you want me to pause it? And she's like, yeah, please. Like, so... <laughs> So she was, like, really into it, and yeah, it was really good. I messaged you while I was watching, like, this movie flies by, like, this movie is short. I think it has a little bit of a pacing, the first, like, three quarters of it flies. Yeah. Near the end, he's finding that good Only Goss Forgives pacing that I'm not a big fan of. I think, and I'm not sure, like, I, I agree, I think it slows down a little bit, I think maybe, possibly... It's thematic in that the character, the driver, or kid, like he doesn't have a name. He's either kid or driver, so we'll just call yeah. him Gosling because that's what we do every time anyway. Goss, uh, but yeah. Gosling, as the character, doesn't really know what to do. Like he's in over his head. And I feel like maybe if that's the case, you could say it slows down because he's sort of, you know, kind of adrift and he doesn't know what he's, what he's supposed to be doing next. Fair. Shifting gears. But, yeah, but like, in, you know, when... They go from Chase to meeting Cranston, or meeting Cranston and the Chase to meeting uh, Carrie Mulligan to then standing getting out of jail cr- to then cruising. doing the other robbery to then Christina Hendricks being killed. Like all these things happen like boom, 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 and like the, the I love that piece. techno beat of the background, the the, uh, the Cliff Martinez score, who does a bunch of the Winding Refn movies. Like he's just like it's keeping it going, and the editing and the music and the look and everything is just like keeping it flowing. And like it's hard to catch a breath because there's slow moments, but it all just like gets to the next thing so quickly. It's a weird pace. The end part, I, I can't wrap my head around it. I really, really like the pace at the beginning, and I wish that they would have kept that up. It's like it becomes a little bit more dramatic. It becomes a little bit of more like emotional. It's there's a lot less talking near the end. Well, so actually, so I was saying before we started recording, I did not read this yet. I'm going to read this now for the first time aloud. We're going to find out together. There's apparently a whole other idea for the second half of the movie. So Ooh. according to IMDb, this is what it was. Tell me. After the part where the driver talks with Irene, the Carrie Mulligan character, after his meeting with the cook, where he realizes the real motives behind the robbery he did. What were the real motives behind the robbery? Just to kill the guy? I think he was trying to get back at them, possibly for like shaking him down. I'm not entirely who sure. Like I don't. Da- who shook him? Who shook who down? So Oscar, I- you know that's Oscar Isaac, right? Like the guy from Star Wars and stuff. He looked like the kid from the Night of to me. Like so the, no, that's the that's Riz that's Ahmed. About. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the kid from the Night. So okay, this is another weird thing that I'm sort of derailing. But Riz Ahmed, the kid from the Night of, was also in Nightcrawler with Jake Gyllenhaal. And the weird thing is that he gets hired. Like Jake Gyllenhaal is trying to hire this kid. He hires him at a diner, and I'm pretty sure it's the same diner that they go to in this movie. It's like a Denny's in what Los Angeles. What a connection you got I there. know, right? Wow. The husband is Oscar Isaac, who is inside Lewin Davis. He's Poe Dameron in the new Star Wars movies. He's also in Ex Machina. He's been in a bunch of stuff. He's awesome. Okay. He's in prison. He gets out, and then we see that he gets beat up, right? And they yes. say they wanted the protection money. I, you know, I promised them protection money, but now that I'm out, it went from they being five or price. ten grand or whatever, yeah. yeah, it's to a lot more. And so I think he gets, and we don't know because I, I watched this movie very diligently because I was so into it. Like it's not like I sort of half watched it because I'd seen it before. I don't know that we really know what the true motives were, but I think you know he's stealing dirty money, right? Because when they see the news reported that after the robbery goes awry and he gets killed there, 
the news says that you know he was working alone, no money was stolen, so it's obviously something that doesn't want to be reported, and it's it's taken from Nino, who yeah. is the Ron Perlman character, and was, I like, think in the mafia yes. essentially. Uh, he's a Jewish gangster, and there's trivia about that too. I think, and this is just a guess, that he, that Oscar Isaac standard was somewhat frustrated by the fact that they were shaking him down, and so they he wanted to get their money and just sort of like get away. I don't, I don't know, but that, that's no, that's but my the best other guess. guy was like the one who was kind of like running the job, you like know, that Euro that Euro trash guy. Yeah, like the Russian Cook. mobster kind of guy, right? Yeah, but I think because he works for Nino. This is yeah because he's eating at Nino's pizzeria later, and that's when Albert Brooks puts a fork in his eye and then slices his throat and stabs him or whatever. Yeah, I think Albert Brooks is like the boss, and then Nino is sort of like a lieutenant or something, and then Cook is below him. I also thought it was kind of so ironic. like the other old guy is the boss. Is that what you're saying? The curly hair guy, the guy who yeah. invests the money in the race car. Yeah. I okay. think so. And I think Nino is just like a lieutenant who like works when no, he's I high up. I, I, think I felt it like they were partners because he was saying like, I used my own money. He's like, you spent my money on this? And he was like, this was out of my own pocket. I think they're like one and one. You know what I mean? Okay. Well, maybe. That's, that's possible. They're like a split. I also just think it was ironic or cool that uh, there's a character named Cook when Walter White himself is in this movie. And this was, he was cast because Nicholas Winding Ref and the director loved Breaking Bad and wanted Brian Cranston in this movie. He says a very Breaking Bad line in the movie too. What, what is the line? Rachel caught it and I forget it now. I don't, I don't know if I caught it. There's, I mean, Ryan Gosling... Actually, here, before we go any further, and I will get okay. to the second half, obviously Ryan Gosling does not say a lot in this movie. No, he's pretty quiet. 116 lines, which still is not a lot for the lead in the movie. 116 yeah. lines, 891 words. Okay. Um, you know, compare that to Jason Statham we just talked about in Furious 7, where he's got like 17 lines or something like that, but he's not the star. You know what I mean? Like, this is... Yeah, that's true. While they were shooting, uh, Ryan Gosling and Carrie Mulligan decided that they mostly wanted to have their scenes together focus on mood rather than dialogue and so there are a lot of like lines written for them that they're just like yeah we're not going to say those it's a very goss kind of move right yes and so carrie mulligan summarized making the film as quote staring longingly at ryan gosling for hours each day which you which know, is what we do i know and we don't get paid for it so then brian cranston made up for that fact by like becoming a motor mouth and just like ad-libbing and improv a lot of lines oh that's cool because he was just like we need to sort of fill the empty space somehow um, so he's always talking. So I don't know what line he said, but I'm sure that if, you know, if he's in the Breaking Bad mindset, he could just sort of throw something out there and just, you know. He said something that was like very Breaking Bad adjacent. It was either okay. like, you know, it was something along the lines of classic Coke or something. Like he said something gotcha. like along that, that Rachel was like, oh, would you catch okay. that one? I was like, yeah. So after the part where Driver talks with Irene after his meeting with Coke, we realize the real motives, blah, blah, blah. He takes Irene out to make her feel better. She gets killed by a hitman. Wow. Who was sent by Nino to kill the driver? Who so then that would chases be the him. like elevator scene essentially. They're gonna flip the elevator scene. I guess yes, but they're instead of being at the apartment, they're out to dinner or whatever. Yeah. Who okay. then chases him in his Impala and eventually crashes into the hitman's car, only managing to kill the hitman's driver while he escapes. I guess while the the hitman escapes. Later in the script, the driver manages to find him and kill him with razor wire. The driver's character also has some more scenes in this draft focusing on him and his problem, quote-unquote problem, of losing control and having rage attacks. At one point, after an egoistic stuntman starts messing with him during the filming of a very difficult chase scene, the driver chases the stuntman off the road and ends up beating him so badly he breaks the stuntman's jaw. So he goes full Dom Toretto, essentially. Yeah, he does, but I also feel like we don't need to see that. Like, I feel like that's nah. good that that's cut, because we know that this is kind of a character who could, like, flip on a dime. Yeah, and, like, they do a good point of it with, like, 
you know, you see him doing some shady stuff, you see him being mildly violent, and then you have, like, her husband come in, and he's like, well, what are you gonna do, beat them up? And, like, you know that, like, Gosling could beat them up, or yep. will beat them up. Yep. It's much better to see it that way than to see it, like, another way, I think. The ending was also different. After killing the hitman who killed Irene, the driver sneaks into Nino's beach house and kills all of his bodyguards and drowns him. So, again, he, he drowns Nino in this movie, when he, yeah. you know, he T-bones the car and knocks it off the cliff. Yeah, and then drowns him in the ocean. And I was also getting, do you know what, were you getting any movie, any any other Gosling movie vibes in that scene or no? No, I was feeling like, it really reminded me of the scene in Kill Bill, Lucy Liu. Oh, Renee Shee, yeah. When she's like on top of a hill and you see the car type thing, and that's the, that, oh. get what I'm saying? There's yeah. like that one scene in Kill Bill where she's like, like the shot, you know, you get it from like under the ground and like the car's on top type situation. That's what I was thinking of when I was watching it, so. Because I love that shot of them looking up, like him on the ground and Gosling just standing over menacing. It was also reminding me, there's a couple, obviously because we talk about them so much, but I have Fast and the Furious on the brain, but yeah. it kind of looked like, you know, there are scenes, like, it's, I think it was in, in Tokyo Drift, when Sean overlooks that mountain, right? And he's just like, this is what I have to conquer. Yeah. Also, after we just watched Furious 7, he escapes into the Staples Center. We talked about the Staples Center. I know, I, it, I so. noticed that too, yeah. It reminded me of Blade Runner, when, remember, there's that scene where he has the fight in that, like, in that car or whatever that gets started getting flooded and so he's like fighting he's oh, battling yeah. in that water scene that's what it reminds yeah. me of there oh you're totally right I just haven't thought about Blade Runner in a while I see it yeah Blade definitely. Runner 2040 Goss once you uh, piece it together for me I can definitely relate I agree with you so he says after killing Bernie in the same way like he kills him in the movie in the actual movie a heavily wounded driver decides to leave LA to protect Irene's son Benicio and his old friend Shannon who, unlike in the movie, is not killed in this earlier draft. Oh, Shannon, I guess, is Pranston? That's right, because the one guy says, are you Shannon's yep. friend? Like, you're yep. Shannon's friend. And So in this draft, uh, Cranston doesn't get killed, so he decides to leave L.A. from the other mafia killers that will try to find him, while Shannon takes care of Benicio and helps him find a place to live on a ranch far away from Los Angeles. I guess it's kind of like, in the end, Driver is always going to live, but it's just a matter of who dies. You know, not that, I, you know, not that Brian Cranston is a bad guy to get killed, but it just feels like... Carrie Mulligan's character gets like wrapped up in this thing where she kind of falls for like a bad guy who seduces her. her. Yeah, at 17. And he said, you know, a year later you pop out like he meets her. Probably three months later she's pregnant. And then she's like, this is my life now. And, you know, we don't know how long he's been in prison. I mean, there's a picture of uh, Oscar Isaac with the kids. He's seen the kid. He knows the kid. Yeah. But he's probably been in prison for half this kid's life. It's tough. So I feel like... And she also seems regrettable about the relationship, right? Like Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. From, like, in, in, in basically every scene that she talks about him, right? So yeah. I just like that, that she and the kid are together in the version. And, you know, Driver might live, might die, but he, esta- he escapes. Like, he, he gets off, so... Yeah. I like, the, I like the actual ending. I wouldn't change it. I like the actual ending. I wish that they would have gone with him, but that's, that's just, like, you know, my, like, fairy tale wish of the ending. Like, we would see them together at the end. Yeah, so Nicholas Winding Refn wanted to, apparently his vision for this was to make a fairy tale in L.A., so I think that's really, truly the, the fairy tale ending is for them to leave with him, but, you know, I, I, don't, I don't mind that they don't, but I would also kind of like to see them. Maybe they get to him, you know what I mean? But I also kind of do like yeah. the... She goes to his door, knocks on it, and then he's not there, and she knows that he's gone, but, like, she's okay? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he wouldn't leave without that, so... I don't know. This is more martyry, you know what I mean? Like, he, yeah. like, has to escape, but he saved them. Whereas, like, I, I do want them together because I think that it would be cool, but... That's just yeah. own. That's my own wants, not that it needs it. To start the movie off, we get a Gosling voiceover. There's 100,000 streets in this city. You don't need to know the route. You give me a time and a place... 
I give you a five minute window. Anything happens in that five minutes and I'm yours. No matter what. Anything happens a minute either side of that and you're on your own. Do you understand? Yeah, he's on the first phone call. And I realized what? over and over again, he asked the question, do you understand? Like, basically, I'm not going to repeat myself. Are we clear? But he always yes. says, he says like three times, I think, at least in this movie, do you understand? He uses that same speech twice, at least. So. Yes. I don't know if you ever saw, because, you know, like on Xbox, like you could have like a really brief bio. And like my bio, just because I thought it was like, this movie is so cool. Later in the movie... He has the same, he has another sort of extended little speech. And he's like, if I drive for you, you get your money. You tell me where we start, where we're going, where we're going afterwards. He's like, I don't sit in while you're running it down. I don't carry a gun. I drive. And so like those last three little sentences were my X. I think they still are my Xbox bio. But I had this idea, and I never did it because I never played a game. But I had this idea that like in, you know, Grand Theft Auto Online, that I was going to become like the world's like most preeminent getaway driver. Like I was going to memorize the entire city and like know how to drive drive better than anybody and like so like i wouldn't even be involved in the bank heist i would just be outside waiting and then this i just the never played it you've ever made on this podcast oh i know but i also never i never <laughs> even like tried to play it so like it was an idea that never got beyond the idea stage but i still think it's a it's cool, a cool and no it's idea. a cute idea i like it i'm just teasing you so i still think that's cool like you know when we played halo a lot and there'd be you know driving the warthog is not easy but you have somebody who actually knows how to drive the warthog and can like let yes. the gunner do his thing yes so like there's there's importance like, to the driver there no there definitely is and it, w- it would be it would be really funny if like everybody's like oh man gotta call <laughs> we got that heist. We got that heist, man. We gotta get the. We gotta get the driver. We know he. We know he doesn't shoot anyone, but he's gonna give us five minutes. You know, that's all yeah. we got. I do like that. Uh, driver drives a Chevy. That both the first car he's got an Impala, and then he also drives his own car is the Malibu Chevy Malibu. So you know, yeah. I drive a Chevy, so I like that. Uh, that was not why I bought a Chevy, but <laughs> it's just a happy coincidence. After your lusty daydream of being the world's preeminent Grand How can I be driver? driver, you did not buy a Chevy because Gosling has one in this. But yeah. The Scorpion jacket, which you've talked about already, is like the coolest it's costume. It's the coolest thing like, ever. Neither of us could have that. I know. I've wanted it. I'm like, I can't buy it until I'm like no. ripped. And I'm never going to get ripped, so I just haven't bought it. Like, I haven't... You shouldn't even have it if you are ripped. It's, like, it's so cool, but it's also so lame. I always wanted, like, a Drake owl print hoodie, right? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, but that's so lame. Like, the only person that can wear that and it'd be cool is, like, Drake, right? Like, like if I had, like, this owl print hoodie, you're just, like, a dude that, like, listens to Drake, and you're like, okay. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. not cool. It's kind of a goal but I also like if I got to that point I'd be like I don't need that like I feel like you're it's it's sort of the it's the end point right like I want to be yeah. able to look like Ryan Gosling and I'm sure <laughs> I guarantee you Ryan Gosling drive jacket has got to be like the number one autocomplete like if that's not your first <laughs> guess I don't know what is yeah it's a, a I think a valid goal to have but I agree like you can't you can't buy it. You can't wear it. No, nobody can. It's done. Like it's retired. Like, it, like th- again, it's like having like the Michael Jackson like thriller jacket. Like it's 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 just done. Like everybody knows what it is. Like it's it's over with. Yeah. Like we just have to just put in, put it in the rafters. It was cool while it was. I can't do it. Maybe a Halloween costume is what you could get out of it. Max. So in Bob's Burgers, I think, as I, I was looking for an image on Google Images to use for the uh, episode art on cageclub.me, and I found, there's somebody posted on Reddit that she did a real-life recreation that in Bob's Burgers, Louise, the, the, the youngest yeah. daughter, was Ryan Gosling in a trailer for Drive because she wasn't allowed to watch Drive because she's, you know, like a 
eight-year-old girl or whatever, but she's Ryan Gosling in the trailer for Drive, um, and so it's her green dress and her rabbit ears, but with a scorpion jacket over it. So, you know, an outfit like that I think is cool. Um, yeah, but yeah. You can't you can't just go to like the grocery store in your scorpion jacket. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> no, especially unless you have like you have to have a badass car. You have to look like Ryan Gosling. Yeah, and even then, you'd be like the lamest like, badass why can't, dude. Yeah, if you look like Ryan Gosling, why can't you like you need the jacket to get girl? Like, what are you trying to do? <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying, man. Yeah. One other note about that opening scene. I love like Take Out the Clock is a cool song. It's the song that's you know going in yeah. there. But I love when the music basically drops out and we just hear the roar of the engine. Like, I just think that the way that that that's edited, like the sound editing is just so oh, cool. I hate the sound editing in these movies. Oh, you movies do? Because I'm deaf, as you know. So whenever he's talking, Gosling speaks so softly that I have to turn the TV volume all the way up. And then whenever like the car peels out, it's just like my house is rattling. Yep. So that's why I hate it. It's it's only because I'm deaf. Not because I actually hate it. I like the, the, the breath that you get with yes. how how wide the sound is, right? Like they like they really like to use the highs and lows. And I think if I saw it in a theater I wouldn't be as opposed to it. But watching it at my house, I'm like, God, it's so fucking loud. It's like I'm just sitting there with the remote, like, volume up, volume down, volume up, volume down. That's the kind of thing that, you know, when I lived in an apartment, I had neighbors above and below. Like, I'd want to, like, blast movies, but I'd be like, I can't blast, because I know, like, like basically I'm, I'm playing the regular parts loud, and then the action scenes quiet just because I have to, like, modulate. Like, it's so annoying. Yeah. Now that we both have our own houses and we can, you know, play stuff as loud as we want, you know. I can. For the most it's part. It's just loud. <laughs> I was playing this one loud, and I think the loudest thing in this movie is when they have the second robbery where they're with Christina Hendricks and it's when Standard gets killed. Yes. The, the two gunshots that take that him out first are gunshot. fucking booming. <laughs> yeah, Rachel goes, we're, we're watching it and she's like, do you know what happens, right? Because we're like, uh, like, we haven't seen this movie in a long time. I was like, I feel like he gets shot. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, I think there's a gunshot. And it was like, boom! boom. Yep. <laughs> she was like, oh shit, she jumped. <laughs> She said she knew the gunshot was coming, but she's just scared of you. you know, I was talking to a couple friends because as we're recording this, Pet Cemetery just came out in theaters, and like, okay, that whole movie is just dumb, cheap jump scares. Oh, I hate, I hate that. And it's just loud noises, and it's just like the guy next to me was jumping at everything, and I was like, oh, none God. of this is effective. Like, this is all just like <laughs> shitty filmmaking. Here, it's not trying to scare you; like, it's just trying to like. I think it's trying to be the realistic, like, the gunshot is, is yeah. fucking loud. Yeah. Uh, but it also does scare you because it's so loud. I laugh at Rachel about this all the time. Like, Rachel will watch a movie that we've seen that has jump scares and jump every time. Yeah. Like, and, like, you'll hear the music, like, because, you know, all these horror movies set you up the same way, like the cheesy ones. It'll be like, dun, 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 dun. And you're like, okay, it's coming. And then she's like, ah, and jumps. <laughs> like, what the fuck? You, they gave you three minutes of clues that this was coming. I guess that's just effective movie make. I don't know. Or just, you know, Rachel Scaredy. Shout out, Rachel. And the guy in the theater that saw Pet Cemetery next to you. Oh, God. Because I wasn't moving. Too. The guy to my left wasn't moving. But this guy to my right, like, there was, like, things, like, where it's, like, two things back to back, and he would jump at both. I'm like, guy, it's the same scene. Relax. Yeah. You see him come around the corner twice, he jumps two times. Oh my god, it was terrible. I was just like, I wasn't enjoying the movie, and like, I was getting angry at him. Like, I almost moved, because I was just like, <laughs> I can't deal with this guy. But I just sat, I just, you know, I, I stomached it out. That's awesome. That made me really happy. Thanks for that share. Oh, one thing you know, that I was, I was going to talk about the next scene, but one thing that I wrote down is that I love how Nicholas Winding Refn uses mirrors to show multiple characters. Like, there's the time she has, en- when Carrie Mulligan has engine problems at the grocery store and he drives her home, okay. the camera is on her, but you can see him blurry in the reflection. But in the mirror, you can also see the picture of Oscar Isaac. And so I can think it's like this really cool shot with like this framing device. And then I think it's the second, it's after 
you know, they bring the car to the garage, and she's there, and she sees that Gosling's there, and she doesn't know that he's going to be there or whatever. Yeah. Brian Cranston volunteers him to drive her home, and instead they go to the Los Angeles riverbed. Like, there's a really cool the shot where you can yeah. see the two of them in the front seat, and in the rear view, you can see Benicio in the back seat. I think it's just, like, yep. a cool, like, just the, a nice use of mirrors just to add he another does. sort of layer to things. I agree. The only thing that pissed me off about mirrors in this movie is the mirrors and the, like, in the strip club that they were at were just filthy. Is that realistic? Maybe? Maybe, but they're just, like, gross. Like, they were so filthy, and I was like, they gotta clean these mirrors. (laughs) I think they built that set, from what I was reading. I got rid of that trivia, but I think they built that strip club set, so they must have wanted dirty, grimy mirrors. Yeah. No, it, it plays well for the scene. Yeah. It actually looks like they were shooting the scene, he saw the mirror reflection, and he was like, eh, and just like took his hand and like wiped it across it. <laughs> you know what I mean? To like give it some yeah. muck. Yeah. But I was like, God, just clean that mirror. Like that. Because then, because you have like the girls there that are like doing their makeup, and you're like, you don't think that they, like they're they're using dirty mirrors? Like, like they right. would know. And then they so it felt know, yeah. unrealistic for me. I was like, yeah, sorry. I agree. That was my mere tangent. The, the next song, I basically just sort of broke this in my notes, broke it down by song. A real hero as they go around the riverbeds. I think it's like cool. Like they're, it's like a date that they're going on, but it's not really a date, but it's also mostly a date. I wanted to talk a lot about the music. Can I like, can we detour to yeah. talk about yeah. the music a little bit? Just generally though. Yeah. I like Drive. I liked Night Call. I like the Drive soundtrack in the movie. It's not a soundtrack that like I would listen to otherwise. Well, because the soundtrack is like, it's like four or five songs with lyrics and then it's the score. Because I listened to it a, a sort yes. of a lot when this came out but it's there's a couple songs that like you could play whenever uh, and then there's some that are just like sort of moody you know instrumental stuff unbeknownst to me but like kind of related like I was listening to a lot of this weird music the guys that did that have a lot of songs in this movie is like a record label called Italians Do It Better okay there's like the chromatics there's there's like a bunch of they have like seven or eight artists or something okay. right that like that release like eps and albums all the time and they release these compilation albums the compilation albums from like right around this time like a lot of the songs are on that like are on drive and on those albums and i fucking love those albums they're so much fun so if you like this kind of like music it's like essentially like if drive had like a full soundtrack like a 20 track oh, soundtrack because okay. i yeah. went and i bought on vinyl, and I've listened to a bunch of the Kavinsky album, the Night Call album. It's called Outrun. Yeah, which was okay. It wasn't... Like, I like Night Call the best on it. So, yeah. like, this was, like, another one that I was, like... The Drive soundtrack, I was, like, eh. You know, the songs are there. They're, they're good. They're just... Like, they don't fit, like, every day. And then, like, I got the Kavinsky album, and I was, like, this is cool. Like, that song is cool. The rest of it's, like, all right. I'm telling you, Italians Do It Better compilation volume two is, like all drive music and it's just so much fun so synthetic and and it has like this like 80s kind of feel to it it's it's awesome highly recommended to you is it called after dark 2 yes okay that's what it is because i yes. googled it and that's the first thing that comes up is the after dark 2 vinyl lp compilation of discogs from 11 dollars. so you can go buy that on vinyl for i have it i have it on vinyl and I actually have, like, a really big poster of it. It used to hang in my house. You've probably seen it before. Maybe. And it I, looks I, very drivey because it's, like, you know, neon blue and pink and... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I've definitely seen it in your house. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Also, the chromatics are really cool. Like, I've listened to their music, and they yeah. were also on... They're on Italians Do It Better. They're, they that's were their also record. on the uh, the new season of Twin Peaks, Twin Peaks The Return. They perform a couple songs. Like, at the end of every episode, there's a performance, a full song performance... Oh, ...in cool. this bar, in this diner or whatever, in Twin Peaks, and... They do, I think, a couple at least. They, are they have? I think they wrote a song maybe for Twin Peaks: The Return. They performed that a couple times. But I definitely was into the chromatics because of that and because of David Lynch and all that sort of stuff. But 
Yeah, absolutely. If you did like the music on this, check out Italians Do It Better. Go buy some of these albums because they're way worth it. I like After Dark Volume 2. That's my favorite. It sounds very drivey is what all I wanted to pitch in the middle of this. I have no relation to them, but I just wanted to get that out there because yeah. I think a lot of people would like it. The other artist looks like our Glass Candy's got a bunch. Symmetry, a bunch. Appaloosa, yeah. Desire, Mirage. So go check it out. Glass Candy's like one of my favorites. They're really cool. So There's also Under Your Spell, which is the song that's playing when Standard comes home. Carrie Mulligan's just staring at him and she like, I think in that moment, like, so that was the song like, there's a lot of trivia about the choosing of this music, and I think Under Your Spell was one that, like, the the guy who wrote it didn't want it to be used because he thought, like, he wrote it in a way that, like, it, 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 if, if used wrong, it could be, like, you're, you're yeah. sort of not getting the point of the song. But yeah. the way that it's used in here is that, like, I think, like, to me, in that scene, Carrie Mulligan seeing standard with the kid and like being so you know she can see why she fell in love with him but also hates and see herself. that he's a good dad yes but hates herself for doing it he, he cares about the kid he's not like a shitty dad he's not like beating the child or anything like that but also she can be removed from this relationship too and feel regret so and he's just like a fuck up like he's a good guy but he just can't yeah. do, do things well or whatever and so i think that that song is really good that like she's under his spell because he's this charming guy but he's never really gonna change true and so I think that's a really kind of cool thing. And that's when Gosling gets out of his door and sees her in the hallway. And he's like, I, you know, joking. He's like, I almost called the cops on you for the noise. She's like, I wish you did. Like, it doesn't seem like a joke. It feels like I wish that I could have, you know, escaped this or whatever. And then that's when, you know, Standard comes out in the hallway and they meet for the first time. And he's kind of big dick in it. He is kind of big dick in it. He's, he's so opposite of Driver because, like, Driver is, you know, he doesn't talk, right? Like, there's the scene when they're talking about what he does, right? And he's like, I'm a driver for movies. And she says, is that dangerous? And he looks at her and then just like leans against the wall and doesn't talk. And I'm like, I could never do that. Like no one could do that except for Gosling. But like he just like leans against the wall and doesn't talk. And I'm like, fuck, man. Like that's (laughs) so cool. And then he eventually, you know, answers the next question or whatever. But you know, when when they're out in the hallway, Standard asks him a question. He's like, are you, are you, are you, are you? Like he just keeps asking it until Gosling like verbally answers him. You know what I mean? Like I feel like they could not be more different, even though they're both tied to this crime and this life of crime. Yeah. That they're just, it's kind of like the grass is always greener for Carrie Mulligan. Like, I think if she was with Gosling, she might get tired of not having someone to talk to. Um, but, I don't know. Who knows? Oh, also, uh, Standard gives her a cheers by saying salute. So I was thinking of Too Fast, Too Forever, Fast and Furious. Salute. Yeah. Oh, there's that scene. So here's the scene where I, I don't think that we needed that scene where we see him, like, beat up the stunt driver, because we see him at that that diner or whatever coffee house and the guy comes up to him he's just like hey man like you know you drove for me years back like we had to get another driver because you went MIA and like you know I went to prison my brother died and Gosling says how about this shut your mouth or I'll kick your teeth down your throat and I'll shut it for you and the guy's just like "All right, well have a good day or whatever just like walks away like (laughs) that's that's all we need like that's perfect like it's like 12 or 14 words or whatever and just like that's all we need to know that this guy, if you're nice to him, if you sort of let him be, no problems. But if you cross him or like... He's still scary to them. Yeah. yeah. Don't let the outside world know who he is or what he does. And then they have the uh, the second heist where Blanche, Christina Hendricks from Mad Men and a bunch of different stuff. That's what I recognize her from. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Nicholas Winding Refn wanted that role to go to a porn star, but none of them could act well enough to cast oh, in the God. movie, and so he settled on her, really? and he, you know... Not even, like, Sasha Gray or something? Sasha Gray's not a good... Have you seen, like... Yes, I know, it was a joke. Sorry. Anything? 
Yeah. Yeah, like, I, she gets, like, fourth build or fifth build, and she's in the movie for, like, ten minutes. Yeah, she did a great job, though. She's good. She's yeah, a she's really good, good actress. Gosling intimidates the shit out of her, like, holds her down and, like, chokes her and threatens her until she gives him the truth, but... Yeah, well. and has, like, the finger guns. I'm surprised that they didn't use a real gun in that scene. I'm sure that, that was an intentional choice, and, like, to build on the threateningness of him, that he could just, like, point finger guns at her and, like, make her talk. I think also this movie does a really good job of establishing he doesn't need guns to do violence. You're right. He doesn't. He never touches a gun. You're right. He, always, he only has the bullet. When they get attacked and she gets killed in the, in, the, in the hotel room, he takes the shotgun and kills the second guy. We don't see the guy get yeah. shot, but that's not his gun. No. He uh, uses the hammer in the strip club yep. to intimidate the guy. Mm-hmm. In the elevator, he just uses his, his fist and his, and his foot. foot. Like, he's just capable of incredible violence without needing a gun, which makes him scarier, because, like, he doesn't need... Like, you know, he's not hiding behind a weapon. He's just... He Amen. is the weapon. Yeah, any asshole can have a gun. Mm-hmm. It's like, scary people were ones that are like, I don't touch guns. It's like, okay. He misses the bullets. Yeah. <laughs> the chase getting away from that second job is cool, where he, like, pulls the e-brake and, like, drives in reverse, and then, like, pulls another reverse, and then, like, hooks a hard left and like has the car behind him get wrecked the, like it's yes yeah. he's obviously very good at what he does but he would you know i want i want to see gosling i want to see the driver now in fast and furious like give us that oh although apparently he had like a no sequels clause like he just didn't he always wanted to do original stuff yeah we talked about this before i think but he did obviously blade runner so that was a sequel but he apparently turned no, down but that's not like a sequel like i think that it means more like he's not gonna be in a chain of movies okay Type so, thing. so you don't think he would ever do Fast and Furious, or do you think he would do one and then not another one? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying he's gonna do like the Paul Walker thing where he was like, I don't want to. I would rather forever. do Fast and the Furious. Yeah, I don't want to play Superman forever type thing. So weirdly, you bring that up. Apparently, Gosling was offered and turned down Batman in Dawn of Justice. Probably precisely this reason, right? Mm-hmm. In that scene where Christina Hendricks gets killed, where Blanche gets killed by the yes. intruders. Uh, you know, he rips the shotgun away, I think kills the one guy, and then, or no, before he kills the other guy, he, like, punches the guy and then takes the shower curtain rod and impales the guy. Yeah. And, like, that's fucking brutal, man. Yeah, that was very reminiscent of, like, the Scarface chainsaw scene to me. Mm-hmm. It, I know it's Miami and L.A., but, like, the whole bathroom motel yeah. guy breaks in chaos in the streets blood that's that's all i was thinking about during that scene so yeah and see and then we tie it right back into grand theft auto vice city and you can be the preeminent getaway driver in grand theft auto vice city. yeah and if we want to tie it into fast and furious just got the rat in the club in in uh, too fast too furious true and if you want to tie that in what's his name ron perlman is in sons of anarchy who's yep. with the guy with the rat in the club so there you go cool yeah, this was a weird, because the there was a thing that, like, you know, Brian Cranston was obviously in the middle of shooting Breaking Bad. Like, I think it was between maybe seasons two and three, and Sons of Anarchy was also on. So, like, you have two pretty, you know, oh. not not the stars of this movie, but, like, second-tier actors who are, like, the stars of their own show, kind of. You know what I mean? Oh, so. yeah, yeah. They're huge actors. I mean, like, I guess that I did know that these two things had to be on at the same... What Like, what season were we in in Breaking Bad during this? So, Breaking Bad debuted in 08, so I think it's, like, probably around three, maybe? I was going to say three. If I had to guess, it would be around three. Yeah, so... I mean, it was on enough for Winding Refn to, like, fall in love with Cranston and want to cast him. He was, like, one of the first people he cast in this movie, I think. What was weird, okay. and we'll get to the trivia at the end because there's a whole bunch of stuff I want to talk about. Like, I think this movie was supposed to be made earlier with Gosling and a different director, and that director fell out and they hired Winding Refn. There's a story about that I'll tell later. But it feels like everyone 
that he hired, he kind of consulted Gosling on. I was like, oh, was Gosling a producer on this? And no. So I don't know if the trivia is wrong or if Gosling just had like this weird kind of creative power over this movie. But like he didn't write the screenplay. He didn't write the novel this is based on. He didn't. He's not a producer. Like I don't know why he had such power. Hmm. Like normally, you know, a star has a little bit of say or whatever, but not like yeah, but not a ton who, of it who you like should that. cast or not. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about the elevator scene. Okay. It's great. It's also when we're going to get to it later. This movie is filled with moments that could be the most boyfriend material moment, which we will play a little bit later. This might be mine. You already mentioned my pick for it. So. All right. I love that. You know, they get in the scene. They get in the elevator. He. They just sort of been fighting, right? Like she slaps him. Because she's like, he, he confesses to her. He's like, you know, I was with Standard. Yeah. You know, things broke bad. I still have the money. You can have it. Uh, and she slaps him. Like, I didn't maybe didn't love my husband, but, you know, my, my son's father is gone. It's and kind of your of fault. You were, yeah. yeah, you were part of it. So they get in the elevator. He sees the hitman that maybe in the other version or whatever is the guy who kills her. And he realizes something's wrong. So he just takes her and puts her behind him. Yeah, he sees the gun. What I love, my favorite thing about this movie, I think is the lighting in the elevator changes and he turns around and mm. kisses her after like they kiss for a while and then like Long maybe like kiss. 30 seconds or 45 seconds or whatever and then he turns back around the lighting resets and he just beats the shit out of this guy so maybe <laughs> maybe it wasn't real like maybe that was just what he wished he did or something and like this is sort of like the fantasy oh. version of it but whatever it is whether it's real or not I love that the whole scene changes and that he kisses her. You're right because they like never kiss again. Because that's no, that's their goodbye. Like uh, they don't. I don't think they talk again. No, you're right. And it's also kind of weird to think she slapped him in the hallway, and then for him to just who he's never shown interest in her. Like I understand that like you know passion is passion, and like you can sort of go from like slapping to kissing or whatever. But like it doesn't feel like that. Like it feels like I'm pissed right now. Don't bother me. And then for her to just be like, let's passionately kiss for a while, doesn't really feel real. So I think it might be. No, it be. does. You know, it's like, you know, okay. heightened emotions and stuff like that. But you're right. I, I do like the idea that this could possibly be like like a rage blackout. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, we see both sides of it. Like, he's just imagining he's kissing her, but in reality, he's just stomping this guy. You know what I mean? Like, it could be any of these things. It's, it's open to interpretation. And I, this, I like that because it's not something I'd thought of before, so... I'm glad you introduced that to my brain. I just love that, and I like the music swells as yeah. they kiss, and then it goes back down. It's really cool. It's just a cool scene in general. Albert Brooks kills Brian Cranston, and you know he calls and, Brian, and Gosling calls Nino to like exchange the money or give him back the money and whatever. Nice. And then there's the Oh My Love song as Gosling discovers Cranston. And then as he goes to Nino's restaurant in his mask. Oh, we didn't talk about this. This might be mean. D- did the mask remind you of anybody? And later on, it looked like the old guy who you said you thought was the boss it looked like he was wearing the same mask but who does it does it remind you of mike from breaking bad no because i mean that's also because he's a bald guy it just reminded me of channing a little bit really kind of like a big bald white head like an old channing like if we aged him 40 years yeah but like his young look where he had like the real tight shaved head but an old man version of channing no it didn't remind me of that at all and i'm usually pretty like keen on linking two faces together so like it's not it's not a flattering uh comparison to make because it's, it's not, not you know, no but it does kind of have that like Irwin trout or even you know walter white kind of eye like that older grizzled white guy or whatever but yeah but then he shows up at nino's in the mask and the scorpion jacket and i think you know he sees nino i, I, I don't know if he's gonna give the money back there like i don't know what his goal is but he sees him laughing gosling sees nino laughing cashier or whatever it's like is at her expense it seems like 
and I think he just gets so mad that he drives away, and then the next scene is, is when he rams their car, drives them off the side of the road, then T-bones them off the cliff and kills him. No, he's getting his revenge. Like, he... I understand that he's waiting for Nino at his restaurant, but why does he go up to the restaurant? Just to see if he's in there? Like, I feel Yeah, like... I think he just, he's just scoping the joint. And I think that he was going to go in and kill him in the restaurant, and he saw that there was other people there, and he was like, no, like, I'm not going to hurt innocent people around him. I just come for him. He does, He's not trying to hurt civilians. Like, that's never his goal. His goal is always to just, like, do the job, right? So I think it kind of plays into that for me. I like that. That, that works. Because when he gets him, and then it's just, like, his driver slash bodyguard. And, and, you know, and he doesn't go after the driver or bodyguard right. after the wreck either, yeah. right? He's not a bad guy. He just, you know, wants to get revenge on the people who did the people he loved their the people they love wrong right like he doesn't you know he doesn't yes. give a shit about standard but because Carrie Mulligan cares about him you know wants to get some kind of revenge yeah exactly he also never wants them to come after yes the family again, that's like the one so. thing right like I'll give you the money yeah. back and like I don't care what you do to me but like leave her out of this and which I think is yeah. a nice touch and so people apparently asked Nicholas Winding Refn if he was ever going to do a drive to and he said that he said no because this movie ends so imperfectly or so messy that it's perfect. Like it just the way that it's sort of like it, you know this unfinished end. The exact quote is it ends too imperfectly. That's why it works. Like it's just kind of this messy ending. I Albert agree. Brooks stabs him and then he kills Albert Brooks and leaves the money in the bag and just like goes off and maybe he dies or not. But it's a sort of messy. Like it's not a fairy tale ending. I think that's why it's cool. Like it's you know we want this happy ending, but I think it the fact that it's not makes it real and cool i agree with you and and you know i'm someone that comes from a love of stuff like lifetime movies where like i want a definitive ending and sometimes the ending that's so open-ended and so messy is the right ending it makes you something to talk about like you know what i mean like we can we can interpret it any way we want you know you were saying earlier you hope that they come meet up with him later but at the same time he could have pulled over and just died in the car right there so like we don't fucking know yeah and that's what makes it great yeah Agreed, agreed, agreed. That's all the notes that I have about the actual movie. Oh, I guess we hear, he hears a real hero, so maybe he dies at the end. Like, maybe, you know, that's just his sort of swan song. Like, he drives maybe. off, like, we see him drive off, but maybe that's not real either. But before I go through the trivia, do you have anything else that you want to say about the movie? Like, there's a lot that we didn't cover, no. I don't think, because it's not Gosling-related, but... No, I don't, but now that you just said that, I'm sure you know this, the Breaking Bad fan, like, the theory that, like, when Walter White, like, when he, like, closes the car, he dies in the car, and then, like, the last, like, episode or two episodes, or I don't know, the last half of that that last episode, Breaking Bad spoilers, that, like, he was dead the whole time, and Hmm. it's just like, do you know this theory? I don't know. When he's, like, leaving the cabin, like, he goes in the car door, and he's, like, frigid, right? And he shuts the car door, and it, like, snows him in or something, and he, like, closes his eyes, and then he, like, opens them, and then he, like, goes and, like, finishes out the the series there's like a theory that like he died there in the car but like in his mind like as he's dying he's like this is what i would have done type of thing so it's like if we got an extra two episodes of sopranos but like he actually died where he probably died exactly you know like you see that open and then it's just like there's like a cut and then he opens his eyes and like continues on with the movie and the and the pace and the stuff kind of change if you think about breaking bad again keep this in your mind next time you like watch it but that would be cool to imagine that drive did the same thing like gosling sitting in the car holding his stomach he kind of closes his eyes for a minute and then we see him driving away and like all this other stuff but he could really just like died in the car right there cool i like it i like and i like the, breaking amb- back the ambiguous ending or like that's something that people sort of ascribed meaning to like they just like maybe that happened you know that's not what like the show says but here the movie's kind of like you know maybe that you know i guess it's the same kind of thing same thing yeah it's just funny that i could tie them both together and 
Brian Cranston's in this, and we were talking about Breaking Bad. Oh, there. sure, yeah. And so. also the weird thing is that Brian Cranston met Vince Gilligan when he did one episode of The X-Files, and it was an episode called Drive. So. Oh, I didn't know that little tidbit there. That's a good factoid. I like that one. He played a guy who like had to be driving west, I think. Otherwise, like a, it's kind of like speed, where you know you can't drive below 55 or the bomb's going to explode. But he had to be driving west, I think. Otherwise, this thing in his head would explode. Mulder keeps driving when they finally get to the coast, and spoilers to the end of the episode. Uh, he dies at the end, but there's like they don't yeah. believe him. Like he's like acting irrationally or whatever, and they finally get in the car with him and they keep going, and he dies at the end. But it's called Drive, which is kind of a weird kind of coincidence. Yeah, super weird coincidences all around here. Okay, so trivia to get in the mood for shooting, Ryan Gosling himself restored the '73 Chevy Malibu his character uses in the film, which I think is pretty cool. I wish, like, we were that anything. Like, I wish my job was like, hey, like, you're gonna do this thing, and you're like, you know what I really need to do? Like, I just need to, like, restore a car to get in the mood for this. Like, what yeah. the fuck? Like, how? I wish my job worked like that. Ryan Gosling replaced Hugh Jackman in this movie. I guess Hugh Jackman's the original cast, originally Ugh. cast as driver. I don't no. know how that works. I don't think it works at all. Not for me. He's too old. He's not, like, like sultry enough. He's not sulky enough. Like, Wolverine driving around, like... Well, Logan, he, he's a limo driver in the beginning. Yeah, but, I mean, that's not... It's not fucking drive, you yeah. know? I read the book that this is based on. I don't remember a lot of it. I remember it jumps around a lot. Okay. It's based on a book called Drive, obviously, by James Salas. There's also a sequel called Driven by James Salas. I remember in those books, like, I think the driver speaks even less. There's a lot of yeah. kind of mystery about the character, but it's like the short novellas, really. But there's two books out there if you want to sort of get a little bit more. There was something that I was reading that the screenwriter guy who adapted this, who also wrote a Keanu movie and a Charlize movie, um, so again, fitting right in here on the network, that he was having trouble writing or adapting it because it was so all over the place, the, the novella. Yeah, I can get that. So I said this earlier that Ron Perlman won the role by telling uh, Nicholas Winding Refn he wanted to play, quote, a Jewish man who wants to be an Italian gangster because that's what I am, a Jewish boy from New York. So he's like, he's like, I always want to be a gangster. Oh. You should cast me as a gangster. He's like, all right, okay. Sure. That's cool. Nicholas Winding Refn, the director, has no driver's license and failed his driving test eight times, so he doesn't really have an affinity towards cars. He just, you know, made a cool car movie. <laughs> I know a lot of people that are terrible drivers, and I know people that can't pass their driver's test, like, that just never drove, and it's very fascinating to me, because, like, driving was something that always, like, you know, we talked about this before, we played a ton of driving video games, like, the first time I got in a car, I was like, I got this, you yep. know what I mean? Yep. Like, it just, like, it clicked in my mm-hmm. head, I was like, I know everything about how to do this, Yeah. and I see people get in cars sometimes, and they, like, just don't know what they're doing, and I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, very interesting. Because I was also, I was sort of the opposite, like, I never drove before I could actually, before I took my driver's test, or the, the, the lessons, or whatever, I never drove. You know, I think my parents were even like, "You want to?" I'm like, "No, I don't, like I don't care." Like, it just never did anything for me. Yeah. And I remember when I finally did drive, and my teacher was like, "Oh, you've never done this before." Within five minutes, I was like, "Oh, this is like the easiest thing in the world." Like, it just, it, it almost, it not really, but like it almost drives itself. It's, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, intuitive. Like, yeah. If especially if you like, like at the time, I'm sure you were playing. You had played a ton of driving video games, yeah. and once you get to the, like, you know how it works in the video games, yeah. like that. Yeah, you're fine. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand. Like, I failed my driver's test the first time, but for bullshit yeah, I reasons. I think I, I, think I talked test. about that on Too Fast, yeah. Too Forever. Still not entirely my fault, but yeah, I still have to take the blame. Take the L on that one. Uh, nope. This movie has the same tagline as No Country for Old Men. There are no clean getaways, which is a cool tagline for both movies, but maybe don't use the same one? Yeah, I think that's kind of lame in a little bit, right? Yeah. Nicholas Winding Refn had no knowledge of Los Angeles. He learned it by spending time with Ryan Gosling. Like, Gosling would just drive him around at night. 
and like they could, they would look for places that they wanted to film. That apparently he like loves being really really close with his actors and the screenwriter and everybody while they're filming. And so like Carrie Mulligan moved in with Nicholas Winding Refn and his family. He's got he's got a wife and two young daughters, and like she lived with them for like a while while they were making the movie. Like I don't know why that works or if that works, but. <laughs> It works for him, so sounds cool. pretty harmony harmony to me, right? Like, yeah. didn't Harmony Corin tell the story about like he was driving around Franco for Spring Breakers, but Harmony was doing it the other way around, where he was like, "This is your first trap house, and this is like where you kissed a girl, and like this is a party that you almost got arrested at." Like, you know, like he was like pointing out these places, like inspire him. I like that. Yeah, like it's it's a, another way of just helping get into character, right? Like just you know, also just building that relationship. Like yeah. you need to have some kind of relationship. You can't just like come in cold and be like hi i'm bob go over there and do your fucking lines yeah or you can i guess that probably works for some people but you know i like when it's a little bit more family style hashtag family too fast too forever one family again this is this is one of the things where i don't understand the the level of influence that ryan gosling had on this movie but okay nicholas winding reffin was like they they, when he first met with ryan gosling apparently gosling didn't like him and didn't want him to do the the movie or whatever again i don't know how this happened either so just again take this all with a very big grain of salt gosling was driving nicholas winding reffin home and maybe they met somewhere he was driving him home an ario speedwagon song came on the radio and so nicholas winding reffin sang along was crying and he's just like this is a movie that i want to make about a guy who drives around los angeles at night listening to pop songs and then apparently that was like what ryan gosling was like oh that's like i kind of like either the guy's passion or the idea or whatever but (laughs) it was this reo speedwagon song that possibly you know made this or had this movie happen at least the way that it did so yeah i weird okay he replaced neil marshall i don't know who that is let me find out what this guy other what he directed english director Oh, he's gonna be. He's apparently rumored to direct the next King Kong movie. But yeah, I don't know who this guy was, but you know, I don't know that Winding Refn was really this known quantity. I think in 2011 he'd probably done maybe his Pusher movies and like Bronson and Valhalla Rising, maybe like not movies no that, that he was known for here. You know what I mean? Like he's done yeah. since Neon Demon and Only Gods Forgives and stuff. He's still not like known, but he's like he's known. You know what I mean? Like he's this weird. Yeah. Do you know the game Hotline Miami? Because this movie inspired that. Hotline Miami is a cool. It's like a very brutal, violent, original computer game that's now on PlayStation and stuff. But like, uh, it's just got really cool '80s style techno music, and you're no. just violent, and you just show up at a place, kill a bunch of guys, and then leave. Like that's it's every level. Like it's no, but that's cool. Do you remember that a woman sued the movie studio for thinking this was an action movie? No. So the trailer made this look like an action movie, and obviously it's not really an action. Like there's action in it, but like it's a very sort of slow kind of thriller it's not an action movie and so a woman sued them for false advertising i remember that did she lose i don't remember hope so i hope so too Gosling did a lot of his own stunts which i think is pretty cool that is cool he took a a stunt driver crash course sounds like a goss thing to do so this is the other thing so he always Gosling always wanted to do uh to uh, to be a superhero like to be in a superhero movie we said but all the good ones were taken and so i think i don't know if him or i don't know if he said this or other people i I don't know he was offered batman who's like the coolest superhero and he said no but who knows he said like this or people can look at this as sort of a superhero movie where the scorpion jacket is his costume like he just sort of puts that on and becomes you know this killer or whatever but okay guys that's whatever you want to i don't know if that was him or if that was just imdb but that's you know what there's, yeah, there's, I feel you. That, that idea is out in the wood in the in the in the, in the ether somewhere yeah exactly so Brian Cranston was the one who decided how his character would die with like the, the slice up the wrists. Okay. There are two hidden hidden scorpions in the film, one in the coffee shop and one where Gosling meets Bernie at the restaurant. Um, so okay. just, you know, there's a couple scorpions there. When we first see 
Gosling in the makeup trailer when he gets that mask put on his head. You can see three Christina Hendricks faces that they use to like shotgun her head exploding so just like the prop in the movie was used actually in the movie if that makes sense okay the last bit of trivia and then we can go into our games i think they mention in this movie that there's the fable of the scorpion and the frog do you know about this where the frog promises to take the scorpion across the river as long as the scorpion doesn't sting him and then halfway across the river the scorpion stings him and the frog's like why did you do that and he said it's my nature and they both die like that's this fable like yeah trust what's like, if, like if something looks wrong tales or something yeah. yeah and so they're saying that you know gosling is the frog that he's sort of you know too trusting or whatever but he also has a scorpion literally on his back um in this world full of people who want to kill him so i mean it's kind of cool makes sense yeah i get it that's all the trivia there's a lot of cool trivia i think about this movie a lot of people this care a, a lot cool about trivia. this movie it's cool obviously if you haven't seen it we've spoiled a lot of it I hopefully you should have seen it that's a cool one i mean go watch drive like that's a, it's a good movie so joe the most important game that we play hey guys what's in your hands what's in your hands guys so we got a hammer a bullet bullet for sure a steering wheel driver gloves like, there's that one scene that when he's waiting for Standard to come out, and he sees the other car pull up, and he, like, he like flexes his wrists, and the leather, like, squeals. The watch, but he, like, hold because he's holding the watch, and he, like, puts it on the steering wheel. Oh, uh, groceries that he carried in for Carrie Mulligan. True. He's got, like, a oh, wrench of some tools. kind in the auto shop, yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. tools in the auto shop, for sure. The bag of money, right? Yeah. Uh, the shotgun and the shower curtain, the weapons he uses in that. Um, that's about it. That's all I can think of. But he did have some interesting stuff. No, this is definitely this new. time. Did he play any instruments? No, right? No, definitely not. He turns on the radio. He turns up the radio. Oh, I, I still do. I, we didn't really talk about it, but I, I still love. I think it's so cool that he uses the clip. Like he, he perfectly times the clippers yes. end as he yes. you know, sneaks into the the parking deck. Yes, I agree. And it's something that I had forgotten. You know what I mean? Like I remember like the first scene was a drive and stuff like that. But like I, I I forgot that he's setting this all up, and we keep seeing the clippers in the Staples Center because we're getting there. Yeah. The next thing we're going to do is look at the, watch the Drive trailer. If you search Drive trailer on YouTube, it's Drive Movie Trailer 2011 HD, posted by Movie Clips Trailers in August 2011. 5.3 million views. Joe, let me know I've never seen the trailer, have you? I don't know that I have. Maybe what we know from the lawsuit, it's an action movie, so. (laughs) Whenever you're ready, give me a start. All right, uh, three, two, one, play. If I drive for you, you give me a time okay. and a place. Okay, little monologue at the beginning. Gloves, the watch. In that five minutes and I'm yours, no matter what. He's got a phone in his hands. That's another thing he's got in his hands. I thought one of these guys in the back was Ben Mendelsohn, his partner from The Place Beyond the Gods. Oh. Or The Gods Beyond the Pines. Yeah, but it wasn't. Maybe. He was just some, just some guy. Been here for a while. Oh, he has a jack in his drive. hands at one point, in the head. Yeah. Is that dangerous? It's only part-time. You put this kid behind the wheel. There's nothing he can't do. Kid, I want you to meet Mr. Bernie Rose. Do we get any of the like racetrack scenes? No, because I think I think that's kind of like not a fake out, but I think it's a fake out in the trailer. Like, look, he's gonna be like a race car driver. But you know, Albert Brooks invests this money and then he goes up to Gosling and he's like, when are you gonna race? He's like, I don't know, hopefully soon, and then like it just like shit hits the fan. Yeah. What's the job? Actually I have a question for you money. His debt's paid. You never go near his family again. There's the gunshot. Not as loud as it was in the movie. No, actually. not even remotely loud. Also, you know from this trailer that he gets killed. Did you have oh, any yeah, idea I guess. A second car? That's, That's pretty shitty. Yeah. He said there would be another car to hold us up. Who's the one and you know that he has somebody's I'm money. They show exactly whose money it is. <laughs> like, I feel like this trailer shows you what the movie's about. 
but it doesn't really show you what the movie is. Yeah. Like you get the you get the plot, right? Like, I, yeah. The fact that this isn't like ah, oh, this this drives me crazy. Yeah, this I was so really spoilery. Yeah. I'm glad we don't watch these like right before the movie, right? You don't think that looks like Channing Tatum a little bit? Nah, not at all. Alright. Email us boy from materialcageclub.me if you think the mask looks like Channing Tatum. Amen. Shotgun. Do you remember this? No. Threatening him by hitting him in the head with a bullet, with a hammer, Any is a really bad play. Plans for your future. Think like, isn't the bullet just gonna explode hold. everywhere? Like, wouldn't you for blow your hand your up? Life, you're gonna be looking over your shoulder. No, because you, you don't have, like, ignition. I think you would just... I think it's just... No, the impact blows up the bullet, dude. Maybe he's just, like, saying, like, I don't care. Like, I, 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 I could die. It doesn't matter. It's not gonna be that big of an explosion. It's just gonna fuck your hand up, like... Jason Pierre okay. Paul style? Yeah, I guess. So not a great trailer. So here's a question for you. How how what? long do you think this movie takes place? I don't know. I don't have an answer myself. Like, what time frame do you think this movie takes place over? Not long. It's like two weeks at the max. There's probably a couple days before... What's weird is that he lives basically next door to... Car- I mean, not that I knew my neighbors ever, but like he lives next door to Carrie Mulligan and doesn't know what floor she lives on, like when they get in the elevator at the beginning. So I think there's like a couple days between like the start of the movie and then like when Standard gets out of prison. He doesn't seem like a guy that like has lived there for a long time either. Well, cause yeah, cause she says, you, oh, so you just moved here. I guess maybe he just moved in. And he's like, no, I've been here yeah. for a while. So maybe he bounces around from place to place. That's what it seems like to me. And then, you know, Standard gets out of prison. They probably throw a party that night. I guess within a couple days of that, they do the heist where he dies. It's probably a couple more. Yeah, I would guess maybe a week and a half. I said two. Yeah. It's always difficult for me to figure because it doesn't really matter how long it takes place over. No. But I just, I just, you know, I was thinking, trying to figure out. The trailer made it seem, made it seem much more condensed. You know what I mean? It seemed like, yeah, like one day, yeah. essentially. So I agree with you. Okay, the Google game. So we're going to go to Google and we're going to Google uh, Ryan Gosling Drive. Jacket. Jacket's number one. Soundtrack. Number seven or so. Glasses? No, weirdly. Car. Eight, number eight, one below soundtrack, whatever that is. Scene? No. Song? Nope. Yeah, I hope you would have given me that with soundtrack. I would have. Um, t- ah, fuck. Shoes? Shoes hair? is last, is ten. Uh, ha- what'd you say, hair? Yeah. Haircut is number three. Okay. So you're missing two, four, five. Shirt? No, no, but sort of a little bit broader than shirt is number two. Clothes? Outfit. Outfit. You're missing four and five, which are very, I don't want to say geographically similar, but they're similar in a sort of in a, a way like that. And one thing we've talked about a bunch tonight, and one thing we talked about at least one other time, we talked about both these things. L.A. water, like the aqueducts. Nope, nope. Geographically is the wrong, don't don't think about geography. You're going to hate the, the hint when I tell you, explain what it is, but the two things that are very um, similar, they're related, kind of. Uh, but they're similar, they're also similar to things you've already guessed. Hat? No, but you're on the right track. Um... What's the thing we've talked about a couple times? That you've talked about a couple times. What? Watch. Gloves, watch. watch. Yep, watch and gloves. Yep. Good. So I was just saying geographically similar because like, they're on the body yeah. around the same part. Like, I got that's it. Not the... Makes sense. Yeah, no worries. Drive Ryan Gosling. Did I get through all of them? You Damn. did. And the only one, that, the other one was GIF. If you do Drive Ryan Gosling, then this is a whole other step. It's like IMDb, Netflix, poster, trailer. So not fun to do that one. Okay. No. I'm going to say that this is going to be maybe the most exciting Letterboxd game we've ever played. Oh. Because you think Whoa. about Letterbox loves Gosling already, right? But like... They love they love Nicholas Wine and Refn. Yep. They love Goss. They love movies like this, mm-hmm. like artsy movies. So for reference sake, Mad Max Fury Road has been seen by 343,000 people. 343, okay? Yep. How many people have seen Drive 2011, directed by Nicholas Winding Refn? 172. 172,000. Higher. Higher? Yeah. Um, fuck. Uh, 
uh, it's I'm not saying not too much. Two hundred and twelve thousand higher. Two thirty-five. Two five one. Damn. It's a fuck ton of people have seen this movie. Yeah, yeah, more than I, I mean, I knew that they loved it. I, I think generally I was pretty close even to begin with because like that's a ton, but damn, that is more than I expected still. So out of those 251,000 people, average rating of 4, the most common rating is a 4 out of 5, the second most common rating is a 5, and then a 4.5, so people love this movie. Out of those 251,000 people, how many people have this in their top 4? 3750. Higher. More than 3750. Damn. Yeah. Uh, 5625. 5500. I don't don't have an exact number, but it's 5.5K. So I'm going to find... Second guess, by the way, just yep. to let you know. Not bad, not bad. I'm going to find no. someone who's reviewed it a couple times. There's 219 pages of people. God. Okay, here we go. Adrian, formerly Carl Hungus. <laughs> That's interesting. At Adrian okay. underscore co. So what, what? I don't know what this guy's top four are yet, but I feel like it could go a lot of different ways. It could either go like the action route, it could go the Gosling route, it could go the indie route. You know, I don't, I don't know... How it's gonna go? There's a lot of there's a lot of options here. Yeah, I agree. So, uh, first review was very very long. Starts off, it's so hard to describe what I was feeling when watching this film. Told them right. you can really realize that what you're looking at is just some special piece of art. Yeah. And then the second review ends with Drive is one of those very few movies I consider to be perfect. Third review says I wouldn't have thought that there was any movie that would actually be able to crash my top three of all time. I thought they were set in stone. They are not. Thank you, Mr. Reffin. Wow. Okay. And then his fourth review says, Hey, you want a toothpick? Still perfect. You're going to be able to get all four of these because this guy, okay, good. Okay. he's from Bavaria. He's got 850 followers, so it's pretty popular. He gave Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction's number one. <laughs> uh, his his most recent. How good review, am I at this game? By the way, did you hear this? Yeah. Okay. The Beach Bum. His most recent review: four stars. This movie's a pure delight, a gift to the world. Feel good of the movie of the year, I'd say. Martin Lawrence's appearance, one for the ages. Oh, that's cool. So he likes the Beach Bum too. He's right up our alley. That's cool. Let's see. Does he love everything, or he just loves the movies that I love? No, I think we just have very similar tastes. Okay. Okay. So Pulp Fiction number one, Drive number three, two and four. Okay. So here, don't make another guess yet. But no. in your Mount Rushmore of like movies like Pulp Fiction, there's another one that is like on that same level. <sighs> Movies like Pulp Fiction. Not, not like Pulp Fiction, but like, like Pulp Fiction in the scope of the letterbox game, if that makes sense. Yeah, The Matrix. No. Same year, though. Not that it's going to help you, because you don't, you don't know years. No, I don't. Pulp Fiction, like... And we're not going, like, Guardians, right? No. But it's kind of... You're, you're on the right path where it's, like, basic bitch, obvious movies that everybody yeah. loves, but, like, if this is your favorite movie, you know, it's just one of those, like, oh, yeah, everybody loves Pulp Fiction, but, like, that's your favorite movie? Like, okay, that's not very creative, but... Yeah. Um, Shit. I don't know. Keep going. Keep talking through it. I mean, I can give you a very obvious hint. No, just like keep talking through it. Give me. It's some a movie more that I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you a more subtle hint. It's a movie that Rachel loves. That Rachel loves. That you both love, but Rachel loves especially. I don't know. Okay, Rachel let's 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 put the brakes on that for for a second. The other one. I'm pretty sure it'd be a movie that you've seen. It's from the 70s. Um, it's by one of the more famous directors of all time, but a lot of people consider, I guess, maybe to be one of the best directors of all time. Um, that's a really kind of fucked up British movie. Fucked up British movie from the 70s. Yeah. No, I don't know. Here's a hint. Uh, Montez dressed as the main character in this movie for Halloween one year. <laughs> <laughs> I think Thanks. I probably I might have sent you a picture because I think she sent me a picture once. I'm going to give you hints. The 70s one has a fruit in the title. It's not about fruit, but there's a fruit in the title. Hmm. The fruit's also Clockwork a color. Clockwork Orange. Yes. Clockwork Orange okay. number four. Now, number two, what are, the, what are some of the most popular movies? Like, what poster is on every dorm wall in America? Probably still. Scarface. No. But that's not a that's not a wrong guess. It's just 
It's not what's yeah. here. Um, Scarface. It's a movie that else? Rachel loves. Rachel loves. Not Pulp Fiction. I sent you... Okay, so uh, a minor character in Fight this Club. movie. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. Fight Club, Pulp Fiction, Drive, and Clockwork Orange. Clockwork Orange. Like, they're all good <laughs> movies, but it's just like, come on, guys. They're all good movies. Uh, yeah, they're good. I was going to say that you have uh, art that Rachel bought of this movie. Literally right above my head right now. Yeah, yeah. above you. But yeah, you got you got that. Let me just take a look yeah, at one fuck, other guy. I should have went Fight Club earlier. Damn. Uh, this other That's person me. who did two reviews. He's only got two followers. Uh, Aiden Chance at Aiden Chance. You were never really here, which is the Joaquin Phoenix movie from last year. I love Drive, Good Time, which is great, and the original Suspiria. So people people who Good love this movie cool. like movies that I like, which I guess shouldn't be too much of a surprise. Yeah, I like Good Time a lot too. I was a fan. Okay, fire ass titles. Drive is kind of a fire ass title <laughs> as it is. <laughs> Drive is a fire ass title. The Driver. Oh, fuck. I had a good one earlier. Getaway. Chase. The Chase. Chase. Um, fuck. I had a good one, and I forget what it is. I keep... Let's keep going, and I'll get through it. The Heist? The Heist. Well, what, what does he keep saying? Like, like do understand? You, do you understand? Do you understand? Five minutes? A five-minute window? Five-minute window. That's a good one. Five-minute window. I like that one a lot. Scorpion. The Frog and the Scorpion. The Frog and the Scorpion. That's a good one. Clippers. Oh, Los Angeles fairy tale, L.A. fairy tale. Yeah, the Aqueduct. Hmm. You know, there's not that much neon in this movie. Like, there's there's a lot of like the the title cards are pink and everything, and apparently that is. I got one. Go for it. Breaking Bad. <laughs> what? I like it. He breaks bad. Oh, this is something I want to mention that we have Cruise Club, obviously, where Mike and I are going through with Tom Cruise movies. The title sequence is Hot Pink, which was inspired by Risky Business's editing table. So I guess just their their color palette yeah. or whatever inspired this movie, something that's uh, kind of cool. I think I'm out. I think, you know, the ones that I, I wanted to say, I said. I had a good one. It was like Drive. Like, I can't think of any more that I... No. There's, it's too serious for, like, fun ones. <laughs> the bag handle, like, the grocery carrier. So I guess here's a, here's a better question. How do we fit the word gauze into a fire essay? I was going to ask you that. Yeah. I mean, you could just call it gauze. If we're just replacing a word with gauze... Drive, colon... Hit the gas. Oh, are you saying hit the nas or hit the gas? Because both it works both ways. Either or doesn't matter. I was going nas, like gas and nas. Gas pedal. G- gas pedal. Oh. Pretty good. Foot on the gas. Foot on the gas. Okay, that's, that's oh, it. Oh, the foot one too. Oh, love it. That was a good one. Love yeah, it. There we go. Okay, we got there. Cool. Finally. Cool. Okay. Foot on the goss. Wow. Most and least boyfriend material moment. So I'm going to say, I, I go think... First. I want to go first. I want to do my most boyfriend material moment first. Okay. Most boyfriend material moment, she's outside, and he stops to talk to her. And, like, that whole scene, but specifically when she's like, sorry if we're making too much noise, and he's like, I was going to call the cops. Yeah. It's just, like, so, like, endearing. I think a lot of what he does in this movie, until the heist, he does out of not love for her but just like it's all sort of boyfriend admiration right like he brings yeah. her home from the grocery store and yeah. he fixes her car and drives her home and takes her on a date and all this different stuff i gotta go with that elevator scene even if it's not real his gentle like shit's about to get real messy get behind me you don't want to be a part of this yes yeah, I can see that. Least boyfriend material moment. Least boyfriend material moment. I mean, I'm going to say taking her husband or baby daddy or whatever, going on a heist with him when he's basically a couple days out of jail. That's pretty shitty. Yeah, it's but not that, great. I mean, like, I'm saying him leaving and not saying goodbye to her. 
like just taking off okay and her knocking on his door and him not being there i see that sort of as like a maybe not a great thing but i see that like as a that she she gets closure He's protecting that. her still yeah yeah, I get it. But, like, it's just the scene of her knocking and, like, him not being there and her looking, like, sad about it. It's like... The next movie we're doing is All Good Things, which I told you already is the movie where he plays a version, the fictionalized version, kind of, of Robert Durst from The Jinx, from HBO's The Jinx, also from real life as a yes. murderer. yeah, exactly. From, yeah. you know, from Earth. <laughs> yeah. Because it came out in 2010. I saw it probably four or five years ago, maybe, so I think I remember enough about it that I'm not going to guess. But I want you to okay. guess, knowing he's Robert Durst... Uh, a okay. serial murderer. No, just one. I think he just did one you murder. You think he just did one murder. Okay. And the only thing I From think what I remember of, of the jinx. I don't know if you remember this. I'm going to say it again just so you know, because I want, I want her in the story. Uh, he acts across from Kirsten Dunst. She's the female lead in this movie. Oh. So I want... Okay. And I don't remember which wife or which partner or who she plays, but in a version where he is basically Robert Durst, I want you to give me what you think are going to be his most and least boyfriend material moments in All Good Things, which we'll talk about in July of this year. Okay. In his most boyfriend material moment, yeah. Kirsten Dunst is the lead, but she is a detective. Okay. And she's trying to uncover how he murdered I think he murdered two wives somehow. Okay. Or at least one of them. He's trying to she's trying to figure out how he murdered his wife. And she's questioning him. Okay. And he's like, "No, I I definitely didn't do it. I'm Robert Durst." <laughs> and she's like, "How do you know you didn't do it?" And he's like, "My wife would have been wearing socks cuz her feet were always cold." <laughs> And it's like, it's like, oh, that's something only a good husband would know. Mm. And you're like, wow, he's such a great boyfriend. Okay. Husband. But the least boyfriend material moment is that when he killed her, he took her socks off and was like, be cold, bitch, over her body. Okay. Because he did know that her feet were always cold. Instead of her, him killing her with the socks, he purposely took them off and he just chucks them into the fucking river. Wow. Yeah. It's just cold-blooded. Like, double cold-blooded. <sighs> Brutal. Yes. Brutal. All right, Joe, the last thing we have to do is the Golden Goose, the Golden Gossies, the Golden Fleece, the Golden Geese, whatever the Grand Gosling awards are going to be. Silver Varsity Jacket. The Golden Scorpions. <laughs> the Silver Varsity Jackets. Possibly. I mean, I'm just I'm just throwing it out we there. We have right now, now six names for this, so maybe. Okay. Uh, best okay. Film, Drive. Uh, best Role, yeah. The Driver in Drive. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to nominate this for most or least boyfriend material caliber role? Yeah, actually. Bet most... I think because okay. he's like he's firmly like a boyfriend in this whole movie. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And he's like super like charming and like courtly. Like yeah. You get what I'm trying to say? He's like he's a very nice gentleman about it. He's the kind of boy that you would want to bring home to mother. Yeah. Except that like he like murders people and like rages out. Yeah. You know, aside from his crimes and <laughs> his day persona, not his night persona. Yeah. Exactly. Nice mechanic. Nice mechanic boy. I don't know that this necessarily fits, but I don't think... Cause I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm leaning toward no most fun film. I'm going to say no. No. It's not the most fun. It's awesome. It's not the most fun. Yeah. Best song. We have City of Stars and Fools Who Dream, and then we have Night Dancing Call. in the Dark. We'll do Night Call, okay. Night Call, obviously. That's this movie, yeah. Uh, best soundtrack score, also this, yes. Yes. Best cinematography, yeah. also this. Ah, sure. Or do you think it does... Actually, you know, compared to, like, Only Gods Forgives, like, I feel like this not as... I think Only Gods Forgives is better. Yeah. Yeah. We also have a bunch ready for best cinematography. Exactly. Best costumes? Nah, not really. Nah, no, they're just normal. Best they're cool, but they're not... Best the Gosling best. hair? Nah. Best Gosling... Lo best or worst love story? I feel like it's not a love story. It's just, like, a boyfriend material role... But it's not a love story. No, because they, they're they not really love interest, actually. Like, you know, like, they kind of are, but they never, like, 
become love interests. Right. Does he scream in this movie? No. He doesn't, I don't think. Does he cry? He, You know, he might give, give a scream, like, when he, like, has the hammer over him. Yeah, maybe. In that strip club. Yeah. He might, but I don't remember. But I don't, he's not screaming um, words. He's just sort of, like, screaming. He's not screaming, I'm jacked to the tits, like in the big short. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he yep. doesn't get punched in the face. He gets stabbed, but he doesn't get punched in the face. Yeah, I don't think he gets punched in the face. He gets shot, he gets stabbed. Doesn't play an instrument. Okay, here's an important one we're definitely going to have here. Maybe at least one. Best Ryan Gosling kill. Elevator beatdown? I like uh, shower curtain impaling. Okay, well, let's do both. Okay. Best job. Stunt driver, I think, is a pretty cool job. Stunt driver's top tier, yeah. Best dancing scene. I don't think he dances. Doesn't dance. Not that I remember. The last category is best non-Gaz role, male or female. I mean, she doesn't have a huge part. Carrie Mulligan's pretty good. I was going to say the kid. Benicio? I don't even know what the actor's name is. Yeah. I think he's the best. He's like one of the low-key best parts of the movie. All right. He plays child so well, I wonder if honestly. I wonder if he's still acting. Let's see here. Caden Leos. He doesn't have a picture in IMDb, so this is not... Uh, he is only done drive. Yeah. Let's we'll see if we can find him on Twitter. Caden... At Caden underscore the underscore jerk. <laughs> Santa Clarita, California. So. His Maybe. picture is... Who's the pink guy from Spongebob? Patrick. I guess his picture is Patrick. Send me the thing. I want to see it. Can you send it real quick? Yep. No, this kid just fucking loves Funkos. He, like, loves Funkos. Yeah, I don't think this uh, is him. Or maybe it is. I don't know. Because he would be... Because he's probably... This is 2011. That kid's probably eight. So this kid's probably, like, 16 now. It's right in the wheelhouse. To love, like, Spongebob and Funkos. So maybe. Spongebob, Funkos, Captain America. Twitch streamers. Oh, no. And then it just ends in 2016. So I don't know. He doesn't have that many tweets. Maybe it is him. Who knows? All right, I put on Caden Leos as Benicio in Drive. So to recap, twelve nominations. Uh, yeah. may, or maybe maybe yeah. not. We that knew many. this was going to be big. Yeah. Best film, best role, most boyfriend caliber material role, best song, best soundtrack slash score. Two in best kill, one in best job, and best non gods role male. Caden Leos as Benicio. <laughs> Perfect. So in three months, we're going to be back with the Robert Durst movie All Good Things. Gosling and Kirsten Dunst where he takes where he murders her and then takes off or not her murders his wife and takes off her socks as Kirsten Dunst tries to investigate exactly yeah that's gonna be the (laughs) she's gonna be so cold and then in October (laughs) we're doing Blue Valentine where it's Gosling and Michelle Williams who I for a while would confuse with Carrie Mulligan okay they're both blonde like pretty blondes who take sad roles in movies a lot and then okay. in January, we're going to do Lars and the Real Girl with everyone's favorite, Liam Underwood. So oh, next yeah, three movies right. coming up. And then a year from awesome. today, Fracture, where it's him and Anthony Hopkins, and he's a lawyer of some kind, and my dad loves that movie. So Weird. Okay. Fracture. Any last thoughts about Drive? Anything you want to say? No, it was an awesome movie. I'm glad we got to talk about it. We talked about all the things I wanted to talk about, so I'm glad. The important thing is if you're listening to this, Joe and I, every two weeks, every other Tuesday, hashtag Toretto Tuesday, do our hashtag Too Joe Fast. Tuesdays. Too Fast, Too Forever, the Fast and the Furious podcast. Go over to cageclub.me or wherever you get this podcast. Find that every two weeks we put out a new episode. We got a couple bonus episodes coming out in the next couple months. We have our You Are My Lifespan Chapter 2 bonus episode. I'm so excited for that. And then also next lap, Joe, I don't know if you remember, we're going to do the uh, Los Bandoleros prequel and the Supercharged yes. prequel or whatever it's called. Yeah, I'm down. Got a couple bonus episodes over there, so even more often than every two weeks. But email boyfriendmaterial.cageclub.me if you want more of this show. Because in my head, like I know that there's a lot left. Like We have 17 episodes 
episodes left, which is a lot to do. But it also feels like weirdly like they were so close to the end. But we're not. Yeah. But like it feels like we are. You know what I mean? But yeah, what we have left is not what I'm excited about. Like for Channing, I want to fast forward to Channing because like we have like all the Channing movies that I love over on Magic mm-hmm. Mike's another one of our podcasts. All the movies that I love of his, aside from like Ragazzi, like they're all coming up. Ragazzi. Like, Gosling. There's movies that I like from here on out. I've still never seen The Notebook. I want to see that. But oh, yeah, that's right. most of my favorite Gosling movies were already done with. Like, this was kind of, I think, the last big one. Pretty much. So we'll see how this goes. I don't know. Every three months on the 21st of the month, January, April, July, and October, new Boyfriend Material, email boyfriendmaterial.cageclub.me, and check out, in the meantime, uh, Too Fast, Too Forever. I'm not going to do the whole plug thing because I feel like that covered it. So I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe, too. And we'll see you next time in three months for all good things starring Robert Durst. Killed them all, of course, right here on Boyfriend Material. <laughs> <laughs>